Welcome back to Check the Vending Machines, a weekly pop culture podcast on the internet where two best friends get together and talk about pop culture stuff. I'm Jason. That's Zach. What's going on, dude? Not much, man. You know, just uh, looking to get some uh, water to wet my parched throat uh, <laughs> yeah. as we get into uh, some classic westerns here. Yeah, dude. We're going yeah. in, man. It's, it's the summer. We're ending the summer off. With, yeah, I don't know when this movie came out, but it's it's a, it's a hot one. I think it was. I want to say it's like the sixties or something. No, it's like. sixty eight, but I just don't know what year, what what month it came out of. But it's nineteen sixty eight. Oh yeah, no, no, no idea. But yeah, we're talking about uh, classic spaghetti western from the man himself of classic spaghetti westerns, the creator of the genre. Basically, yeah, or at least the one who like. Is he the creator of it, or is he just the one that popularized Everything it? that I've seen says that he's like the godfather creator of, of I believe. I mean, if you look at his filmography, and it's like banger, banger, yeah. banger. <laughs> We're talking about Once Upon a Time in the West, mm-hmm. which I was just I was rereading the title, and I just kept thinking of Wild Wild West, the song. Now, Once Upon a Time in the West, Madman lost his damn mind in the West, Loveless. I just, I don't know why for me, but I just kept thinking of quentin tarantino's movie for some reason like it just yeah. kept popping in my head and i know why i don't know why because it's completely different but well he ripped the title off yeah i mean he did i mean sergio ripped his own title off with once upon yeah, a time in america, america so. and then also like once upon a time in china yeah or whatever is that rip it did he rip off of china or did china rip off of no him? that's those in the 90s uh, okay yeah, yeah yeah but no like, i'm pretty sure like the, the wild wild west song starts out with will smith saying like in the song like once upon a time in the West, love. I think so. Lost his that damn mind like in the West. That sounds like shit would say <laughs> to start like this fucking yeah, yeah. movie tie-in rap. That so, sounds like some shit. Something like that. Yeah, yeah. Now, once upon a time in the West, madman lost his damn mind in the West, love less. Charles Bronson. Mm-hmm. Dude, honestly, that was the most thing. Because clearly, well, I don't know. Uh, oh God, what's the other guy's name? Henry Fonda. Yeah, I don't know. I don't really. I don't think I've ever really seen that many movies with Henry Fonda. Like, I don't have a fondness for him. Mm-hmm. But I saw Charles Bronson. I was like, oh fuck, yeah. that is Charles Bronson. It's hard to tell without his fucking Death Wish mustache. But <laughs> I was like, damn, dude, that is Charles Bronson. Well, so let's start there though. Um, what what is your? Do you have any sort of history with this movie? I don't have a history with this movie other than the fact that I've known about it for years and years at this point like almost since we started this podcast i've known about this and i've never sat and sat and sat down and watched it before but i've always wanted to because i know it's up there with like one of the greatest western films of all time like it's on that list of like when people fucking say like yeah. some of the greatest 
Once upon it's a time, always there. it's like always up there. It's always there. It's like up know? there with like basically like half of Sergio Leone's yeah. fucking filmography. So yeah, uh, you're gonna see Magnificent just, Seven. Yeah, you're gonna see Magnificent Seven. You're gonna see probably well, you're definitely gonna see The Good, Then the Ugly. Yeah. You're gonna see Once Upon a Time. You'll probably see A Fistful of Dollars. I, I you'll see Hondo or maybe yeah. some sort of like Wayne John Wayne movie. Yeah, Stagecoach. You'll probably maybe. see the the first uh, True Grit. With John yeah, Wayne, yeah, um, and then yeah, like a couple others, maybe like Outlaw Josie Wells or some some other Clint yeah. Eastwood flick, yeah, for sure. You'll probably see, yeah, that you might see like Unforgiven. So yeah, Unforgiven. Well, Unforgiven was the last good western. Yeah, what 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 people kind of mm-hmm. you know say about, especially with him. Yeah, um, like his his homage to western films. Yeah, so I don't really have any like specific history in it other than the fact that I've just been wanting to actually like sit down and watch it forever because I do love Western movies um, and I love like specifically Sergio's films. Like I really like the way that he shoots Western films. So this is just the one of his that like I've been wanting to see forever and just haven't had. I just haven't like actually got my butt on my couch and like actually sat down and watched it. Right. Um, And now that I have, I'm going to say early spoiler. Thumbs up. Yeah. Thumbs against up. the grain. Yeah. Against the grain of, of the world of cinema. Thumbs up. You know, up. sometimes you just got <laughs> to put your foot down and fucking take the hard stance. But, uh, you yeah. know, that's why we're here, Jason. We're here to make the tough calls that nobody else will. Yeah. I, um, I'm i trying to think when I first saw this movie. I, I saw this movie in high school. Okay. But like that, high school is, for me, I don't know about you. I will say I watched a lot of stuff in high school. I do not remember a lot of what I watched in high school. So yeah, high school for me was like me determining that I was gonna go to film school. Which mm. so it's like you have to. It takes a lot of guts to be eighteen to be like I'm gonna go make no money at college. Yeah. So you have to have you have to really really have watched some. I'm gonna good, go to college in a job where I'm almost guaranteed to make almost no money. Yeah, or or bust my ass off and then want to yeah. eat, eat a bullet. But like so like I like remember in high school being like. The like spider web, whatever of movies, like just like mm-hmm. watch one thing and then see what inspired it or what related to it. Watch another thing, come, and like I was yeah. doing that for everything. So I, I think I just watched the dollar stuff the, for the first time. Okay. Because my dad said that I should watch them. Mm-hmm. I don't know because I, I definitely have heard of. I'll be always heard of those movies if you even care about movies. Right. You've heard of them. You've heard of the names, like Good, Bad, and Yellow. Yeah. We've heard it. And it, so either he was watching something or. Maybe he was watching some John Wayne movie or so- something, and I asked him about it. He mentioned like these these movies, mm-hmm. so I like immediately went and found it on the internet, Ooh. however, whatever way, take that as possible. Oh yeah, I mean, you, know, you streamed it, obviously. Yeah, I streamed so, it yeah. legally in two thousand and seven. Oh, yeah, definitely on streaming 100%. Netflix. You went on the the streaming site and you streamed it. Yeah. So. Uh, and I and I remember watching it, and I remember the first time watching it being so incredibly bored because <laughs> because the action scenes are great but i wasn't used to at least particularly leone's style of this is a long mm-hmm. fucking movie yeah i mean it's like well it's like yeah like the dollars trilogy are all and the good and bad the ugly is like they're all like really fucking long movies and it's a like lot of it's a long a lot of long of nothing yeah, I think that I mean I think that was probably going to be one of the main complaints that I had with it, which is like, and you don't want to get rid of all these obviously because some of them are like for the tension and the atmosphere of it, but there's definitely a lot of stuff that could be trimmed yeah. down. 
for sure. It's it, to me, it's very much kind of like anime, where anime mm-hmm. t- tries to save money, so they'll like show the scene of the school building or like, the grass. The, the they sh- show a lot of static shots. Of yeah, the fire, like in the beginning of this movie, where like oh, oh, it, it cuts to a scene of a windmill for like twenty seconds, and it's kind of like, mm-hmm. why do you need that windmill here? You don't need this windmill here. You can just cut to the next part of the show. You don't have to put yeah. that windmill there. And I know it's a stylistic thing, but it adds a lot of padding. And sometimes it's relevant. Like it, it is relevant. Like the beginning of the movie, as much as I really enjoy the beginning of the, the opening of this movie with like the the with the the bad guys being sent to the train station and all that stuff. Dude, I actually I think that's probably the one of my favorite scenes in the movie. Uh, I think it's than... a great scene, but yeah. It take. I mean, it's oh a great scene, but that lead up to him actually getting off the train is like fucking. It. I think it's only like five minutes or something. It feels like fucking ten. Like it well, feels like. I, yeah, it's like five or seven minutes. But let me yeah. ask you this: mm. What relevance does it have to any storytelling elements besides nothing? Uh, well, it establishes the main character, and then it leads up to the fact that something's going on with Frank, where he's trying to set up all these different yeah. people for all this other shit but they could tell you that in two seconds yeah it takes too long to, to do what it does i don't need to see these guys who die instantly to walk around and like sit down put their hat on look around close up of a face smoke a cigarette put the guy in the closet that could be 30 fucking seconds well i mean i think the best explanation of that mentality in this movie is like when you first see uh, whatever the fuck her name is, Mrs. McBain. Yeah. She shows up, and so you spend like fucking five minutes in the town Jill, realizing that she got fucking left there, and you're like, all right, I get it. We can like spoot this along, and then you take another five minutes as she cra- travels across the entire fucking country to like this backwoods place in the middle of fucking nowhere. Yeah. And I'm like, you could have, you know, you could have gone through this a little bit quicker. You know, yeah. so this is like five second pan, and then you're like, all right, and then you go to where they stop. All right, five second pan when they leave. All right, now they're at the farmhouse. Yeah, which they kind of do once they actually leave the like rest stop or whatever. They get back, they get to the farmhouse pretty quick from there. But yeah, that lead up to like, I don't know, it's not a gas station obviously, but it's like a rest stop or whatever. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's like two. It's just a lot of these stuff drags on for a while. And I mean, I guess part of it is like, because I mean, they actually did shoot in this desert or whatever. So I guess part of it is just showing like this expansive landscape and how like, I guess for that it's like to show just how really like empty this place is where they're going. Like it really yeah. is like in the middle of nowhere. But this place that's in the middle of nowhere is super important for this random reason of manifest destiny and the expansion of the trains and all that other kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, so I, I'm cool with that, but to an extent, I think it's still too much. Yeah. But I can't forgive the opening scene. It's it's a cool scene. It's a it's very cool. Yeah. It's really well made. It's really well shot. But when I watch it again, I sit there and go, "This is the opening scene to Inglorious Bastards." Yeah. Which is nobody, nobody on the goddamn planet can tell me that scene does anything beyond. It doesn't even give character to the main bad guy. He talks a lot. No, it's just a tension building. It's mundane tension building, mundane tension building, which to me, 
Some people like really like that. I've talked to a lot of people about that about the, that movie. Some people really really like. I mean, I mean, I guess to get into what our discussion was earlier, so that's one of the reasons people really like yeah. Tarantino's movies is they just really like the They're tension. Like, Ooh, built he, it's, it's building up. Ooh, yeah. I think like you're wasting my time. That's how I think. You're wasting my time. But I grew up watching kung fu movies, which is like this. Hey, you. Yeah, because, I mean, I guess that storytelling is more to getting into, like, the Alfred Hitchcock thing, which is, like, the setting up of the scene with the bomb underneath the table, which is, like, clearly the one thing that Alfred Hitchcock said that Tarantino's like, every single one of my movies is going to fucking have that shit. But there's something to me as just a movie fan, and this could mm. be a byproduct of me watching Schwarzenegger and Stallone, which do not do not have these elements – um, but to like, no, they do not to like wait for five to six minutes for this train sequence of three guys who don't are not relevant at all beyond the fact that there's later on, I'll mention it, but like, I mean, their only real relevance is that they're part of Frank's gang and they set up that whole thing with it, I guess. Uh, part, it. Part, I think partially, but there's something, but there's, they're more, they're more relevant to the most important thing I'll say in a second, I guess. But okay. I think in my opinion, so like, it's like five minutes of that shit. Which is well mm. shot. It looks gorgeous. It looks amazing. Yeah. They just look like for, fucking dirty, grimy dudes. Right. Just for her Monica, Charles Bronson, goddammit, Violent City, fucking the man, the mechanic, yeah. to kill them in three seconds. Mm-hmm. Great scene. Fantastic scene. That scene has to be there. It's amazing. Yeah. With fantastic line. Mm-hmm. You got a horse for me? It looks like we're one too short. I think you get no. too too many. Too too many. Oh, it's such Fantastic. a good fucking it's a, line. It's amazing. But like he has some great fucking lines in this movie. Yeah. But like I truly believe the only reason and this is hyperbole obviously. I truly mm. believe the only reason that Sergio Leone made this this whole opening sequence this fucking long is so that later on Harmonica can talk to Cheyenne and mm-hmm. say there's th- trench coats. There's three trench coats like these, with three men in them, and oh, three yeah. and three bullets in them. I think it's three bullets in them. Yeah. Only reason he made that sequence that fucking long so is you remember there's three dudes. I yeah. think that's only why, because if that's not the case, that could be two minutes. That could be the fucking yeah. <laughs> I know. I guess I see that argument. I think that gets down to one of the biggest parts of this movie though is that like, this movie is you know, almost three hours long. Yeah. Um, but even in that three hours, especially in the end, like leading up to the climax of the movie and like the resolution, there's like points where it's hard to follow exactly what the fuck happened. Like yeah. I had to rewind it and be like, wait, what happened? Yeah. Especially in, cause you get to the ending of the movie and all the stuff with Cheyenne. And I was like, Wait, what the fuck? Because you have Frank go back to the uh, train after he gets ambushed by his men. I was like, okay, I get this. Clearly, fucking train guy paid off his men to try to assassinate him. That's clear as day. And then Frank shows up, and everybody's fucking dead. And I'm like, wait, what the fuck happened? Yeah. It's not clear. There's no explanation for it. And then fucking train guy's dead. And I'm like, okay, so train guy's dead. Uh, Who fucking killed him? Because Frank didn't kill him. Yeah. Uh, and then at the very end, they're like, oh, yeah, he has the, like, yeah, well, he raided them. And uh, Train Guy shot me. And I'm like, okay, I feel like I would have liked to have seen that yeah. scene where they, like, fucking raid the train. Like, I feel like that could have been a good 
scene. I wanna... Like it reminds me of like imagine if you like did the good, the bad, and the ugly, but they took out the part where they fucking blew up the bridge, and then you just yeah. skipped to afterwards. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, but like I want to watch that scene. All right, like, cool, cool, I, cool, that cool, scene cool. sounds cool. I, I want. want I'm gonna. I'm going to hold your feet to the goddamn fire right now, Zach. Okay. I'm. I'm going to hold you to what you just said right now. Me. Okay. Okay, because we've talked in the past on this pod okay. about true or about fucking uh, no country for old men. Uh, yeah, yeah. And you've defended the Coens not showing the fucking action. Which part? The part where oh, he, where he where the Mexicans show up and kill Josh Brolin. Yeah, you defended that heinous bullshit. Did Just I not show that? it. Yeah, uh, I guess my argument might have been with that, which is that the Mexicans are not interesting to me. The Shigur stuff is way more interesting, so I'd rather give time to Shigur to do whatever he's going to do. There is rather something than... about not seeing the main dude. I mean, that's also just part of the fucking shit with No Country for Holding Men, where it's just like fucking violence just happens. And it's like, yeah, uh, of course uh, it was like some innocuous uh, fucking uh, thing. All right, just, Last like, of Us 2. Fucking killed by some fucking... All right, Neil Druckmann, Last of Us 2, whatever. The point being, it's a movie. Oh, what the fuck did you just call me? How Neil dare Druckmann, you? I, I'll let you know, I've never touched that game my entire fucking life, and I never will. The and I definitely is, would pay $70 like all those fucking schlubs for the new one. The point new is one. that it's a movie. And what is a movie? But to see... Yeah sequences it's true so for in this movie it's kind of like a they kind of do it like a um i will admit you did hold my feet to the fire i'll give you that it almost it it almost feels like he kind of like made the movie and go well there's no way these guys can walk away unscathed together Right. So let's yeah. go back and take some B. There's definitely no B-roll. way they can like team up at the end yeah. and like be together. So there has to be some reason of why Cheyenne can't because, go with him. Because the way that Cheyenne talks to Jill or whatever her name is in the house, you would never think he's hurt. Yeah, I mean that's the other thing that's so weird about it is that yeah he has that whole scene and he's there and he's not like holding his side. No. Like, he's just standing there. He's not breathing. Heavy. I guess he is kind of like leaning against stuff the whole time but like he's always been like that the whole movie so it doesn't really yeah feel off to like see him acting yeah, like uh, that uh, unless then, yeah, i'm you just get to the end he's like yeah i was shot yeah uh, unless i'm just like completely missing it and when he's talking to jill or whatever her name is no there's no indication that he was shot yeah or that he's like hurt at all so you you say your favorite scene in the movie is the opening sequence the opening i would say part. it's one of my favorite ones um because my favorite sequence is the one attached to it. The one attached to it? The, the very next sequence of the opening sequence. The opening sequence is like the two parts. Oh, with, with, uh, with the Frank. family on the farm. And I then Frank shows up. love yeah. that scene. I that adore great. that scene. Well, I didn't get it for a second because I'm like, all right, you're just watching some fucking family hunt. All right. Uh, well, the, they're the, going to fucking get dead. Okay, they got a new mom. Okay, they got a new mom. And then everybody fucking died. And I was like, oh. Yeah. I, okay. well, I love the hard cut because you think that someone's going to be shooting at Harmonica. Right. But it's like, no, it's somewhere else. No. It's not Harmonica. But then you get the idea that like – so you, again, it's this is where I think the um, – because it's not, it's not even as long as the previous scene, the, the, the time. Oh, yeah, the farm scene? The buildup is not it's as It's probably long. about the same amount of time, honestly. But like him talking to his kid and them hunting, yeah. 
also, but there's at least like dialogue and other stuff happening, so it doesn't feel right. as long. And it's to me that actually adds relevance to what Frank does next, yeah. which is removing life from existence. Yeah, it's not just like we're talking about the fucking weather, mm-hmm. and then we kill the German in the house. It's not yeah. about talking about milk or some bullshit. He's yeah. The dialogue explains that this is a dad, this is his son, these are his children, this is his family. We're here on this plot of land, blah, 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 blah. Trying to start a new life with the new with new mommy. Right. Yeah. And then Frank and his guys show up and they fucking murk him. And then Instantly. It adds, Instantly just fucking kill them all. Yeah, it adds super relevance to when the guy, when the guy says Frank's name and says, what are we going to mm-hmm. do this kid do? And it hard cuts to the kid's face. Mm-hmm. Hard cuts to Frank's face. Hard cuts to the kid's face. Hard cuts to Frank's face, and you see him slowly pull the pistol out and shoot him. That to me is excellent storytelling with yeah. with relevance to the tension buildup that people want to talk about in this, these kind of movies or his Leone's movies. That's relevant to me. Yeah, it builds character for not only for the scene, but it builds character to Frank, which shows how desperate he is to complete the mission. That to me is building. Yeah. Talking about the German guy in the milk in the fucking opening sequence of a movie builds nothing for the German guy. Because we no. know he's a bad guy. He's a Nazi. We know he's bad. Yeah. Already, I mean, you just put him bad. in a suit and everybody knows he's a bad guy. You know, we know he's a bad guy. He's wearing the uniform. He's there yeah. hunting Jews. We know he's a bad guy. But yeah. we can figure out Frank's a bad guy because he just killed a bunch of people. We know that. He's probably a he bad guy. He shot a kid in cold blood. Yeah. So he's a pretty bad guy. So I think that that's kind of where, I, and to me that sequence is so great because like, it's shot really well, but also yeah. it's like, the slow pull of the pistol, yeah, is like, it's very it's methodical. It's very like we're oh I'm doing this. It's not like it's gonna be like a I'm gonna wince and turn away. He's like no I'm I'm just gonna. Do I like it. that about his whole character in general because I think one of my other favorite scenes in the movie, which is after the auction. With Frank and Harmonica, when he almost, when Frank almost gets assassinated, I like that bit to his character as well, where like you have the tension scene of after the auction, they both go their separate ways after Harmonica says "fuck you, I'm not taking your deal," um, and then you have the reveal of like all of a sudden the streets are like empty. Yeah. And everybody's yeah. like, clearly Frank is like, all right, I'm a fucking bad guy. I know what this shit looks like because I do this shit to other people. So like, right. Then you see him like slowly, methodically, like walk to each different cover point to try to see what's going on. Yeah. Then you have Monica with his like bird's eye view from the hotel, like also tracking Frank's movement. And then you see the gun pulling up and he's like, all right, I see what's going on. And then you get him shooting the guy. because He's like, ain't nobody fucking going to kill Frank, but me, but me, that's fucking my shit. I do want to say about Charles Bronson, who I absolutely adore and, and everything he does, even the really yeah. bad toward later movies. Um, I love him. I just I love Violent City so much. But like yeah. he um, very clearly I, we know these movies are overdubbed. That's the way they filmed. We know that. Yeah. If you've watched Tarantino movies, you know that he, that's how they do it. Yeah. Um, but like the point also being like he just never <laughs> looks like he's playing harmonica. It's just so obvious. No. He it's just so always just yeah, it just it doesn't fit. But I yeah. I do want to say about that though, is that I love the music in this movie. I think the soundtrack yeah, I think is so the good. Yeah, Well, you really there's only really the two pieces of music that really stand out to me, which is obviously the harmonica yeah. sting, which is great because they really just show it almost only when harmonica's on screen. It's always playing at some yeah. point. It's 
he's not playing the harmonica that he just finished. Yeah, that specific (laughs) melody is playing. Um, And then the other one, which is like, I don't even know how else to describe it. It sounded to me almost like, um, oh, fuck, what's it called? I don't know. But it's like the it's like um, it's like a bar uh like a, a like a western like bar dance yeah theme al- almost like it sounds like something that should be in like blazing saddles or something yeah. like that i don't know exactly what it is it's almost like i feel like it's like probably the main theme or something like that hold on maybe but, i can but I, I also it. love just purely the foley effects the foley yeah. the foley in this movie is amazing yeah I'll, the the sound design in general for this movie is really really good it's just the the sound of the guns, the sound of the boots, the sound mm-hmm. of everything sounds so. It's mixed loudly enough to where like it's at the forefront of of sequences of scenes, but it's not like abnormal. Except I say that with every about everything except for one part. The sound effects are so well timed and well made, and they sound really good in the sequence. And they're clearly that's not how real stuff sounds, but that's fine because it fits for a spaghetti western. It's like that the, the, mm-hmm. the boots are so loud and the guns are so loud. But like in the train sequence, uh, when uh, Cheyenne's about to save Harmonica, mm-hmm. but like Frank's talking to him and he slaps him like four times. The slaps were so fast, and the sound oh, yeah, of, the sound effect was so fucking goofy, like goof troop. That I forgot about that. Yeah, he like fucking rapid fire. It's slaps like him. cartoony at how fast and how they sound. He's like. Psh- and then he's like, just hit him a couple times. It's like, dude, you just like fucking, you know, record. You just like fucking Faye Long record this guy's face, and it sounded like you like you know, like a joke shop, joke shop slap machine. It was um, like, what was it? And then I think it's a little bit after that scene where it's like the fucking um, uh, when Cheyenne is like trying to raid the train to rescue Harmonica, and he like fucking steps on the toilet thing, and it just yeah. sounds like a modern fucking toilet. Yeah. <laughs> just like it's some of the sound I was like, I'm pretty sure train toilets don't sound like they have indoor plumbing in them. Yeah, that's it, so funny, dude. Um, yeah. I love though, but talk about the acting real quick though, because I, I really, I and I, I I wish that I had a better sense of Henry Fonda. Yeah, I think that's the other big thing, especially when I was like looking up stuff for this movie. I think I wish I I'd seen him in other stuff. Because I know, and I'm sure you're probably going to bring this up, that he's type against cast yeah. in this movie as a villain. He's normally the good guy. So I wish I could see where movies where he was the good guy to see how much of a change that is for him, like personality-wise and whatnot. Yeah, I think that like if I don't, I don't think it's possible to for any anyone past. 1968 to feel mm-hmm. that really unless you just didn't grow up with modern movies you know i wonder like yeah because i feel like it'd be i saw a comment on a youtube video of one of the sequences i was watching again mm-hmm. i was trying to like get some audio for it and one mm-hmm. of the comments was someone like doing like their usual comments on youtube like waxing poetic or some shit but they were like yeah. imagine if like this was tom hanks if, like tom hanks mm-hmm. walked on screen and like just like ripped off bullets into a kid's face like, it would be like that, is what someone in the yeah. comments said. I was like, okay, I mean... I mean, I guess the thing I would be like... I kind of get that, I guess. I guess. Modern, but like, yeah, Tom Hanks or like... Like, Keanu Reeves, maybe? Because he's always plays the good guy. I don't think Keanu's ever... Has Keanu ever been a bad guy? Man from Tai Chi, he plays bad guy. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. But, like, even then, it's like... I don't necessarily... Keanu doesn't talk enough 
to be like yeah nation sweetheart. i'm trying to think of like the modern i guess it might i guess the modern equivalent was probably have been tom cruise in collateral i guess that that's a big one yeah that's a big one because that to me my favorite, that's my favorite tom cruise movie yeah that to me i think i've said it before on the podcast that to me is like the best example that i could think of of like a care a guy who was oh, not, a guy going against his type yeah just no like if we know tom cruise is tom cruise in all the movies like he's not tom cruise in that movie no yeah yeah he's actually he's that's vincent that, yeah, that, that dude vincent. that dude is like that's the assassin he's it's so the least good tom cruise tom cruise has ever been yeah i mean he's his vocal inflections everything about him is still tom cruise yeah but he's playing such a fucking heinous man they're like oh my god this dude's fucking awesome dude this dude's yeah. sweet um yeah, but I wish I wish I could have, because I've seen Henry Fonda before. Obviously, he's obviously super famous, mm-hmm. but I'm not like a diehard fan. I've seen, I think I've seen like, right? Was he in Twelve Angry Men? I think maybe. I think he was. Yeah, I've seen that. Obviously, that's, that's like a film school staple. But right. like, to me, seeing him as a bad guy, I was like, oh, he's a bad guy. Like, what's the, I don't have that reverie of, of him as a good man, good character, mm-hmm. like a good actor character or whatever. Besides. So just hearing people say that, I mean, it's irrelevant right. to me. But he's good in this movie. He's really good in this movie. He's like a bad oh, guy, but not a, a bad great guy. Villain. He's like a good well, guy, bad guy. It's like if you're thinking of like the other, like the Dollars trilogy, you think of like the good and the bad, the ugly. And I think Jay talked about this where it's you have fucking Lee Van Cleef who just looks like a villain. Yeah. Well, like in and this so you movie, this one, like Henry Fonda doesn't really look like a villain. He acts like a villain, but he doesn't really look like well, one. I'm saying like, when I said good guy, bad guy, he's like he's like. He's a bad guy 100%. But yeah. he looks like a good guy and he's playing mm-hmm. the character like a like he's playing a hero. Like he's talking he's not talking mean. He's not talking threatening. He's, no, he's very I mean confident. I think I like that bit cuz I think that's one of the bits that they put on which is like he tries to like emulate Morton. And Morton's not a bad guy, he's just a business yeah. guy. So it's not really like evil intent and like anything that he's saying he's just like he wants this one specific thing yeah he says like in the the first time you see him with with morton he's like there have been a lot of obstacles and over the years and we just get around we get over them or whatever yeah and like nothing he's saying is ever like evil man character yeah, he just does. He's not stuff. saying I shot a child in the face. Yeah, there's, there's obstacles. And to, yeah. to me, that that's like a way to make a make a good guy character seem even scarier because there's no emotion involved. Yeah, he's not doing it out like out of revenge. Whereas like Charles Bronson, inherently looks like the bad like the bad guy. He does look like the bad. I think that was the other thing that, and that's another thing I really like about this movie is the costuming in general, and I like that. Bronson's character does not have the traditional like Western Garth. look about him. Like I like his jacket. I like the open air uh, like Henley red shirt that he wears. Um, I like that look for him a lot. And then you see like I mean Cheyenne's got the most traditional Western thing where he's got like the fucking fur thing, and then all of his gang wears the fucking yeah. long ass dusters, which is you know obviously a Western staple. Well, I think that um, shows you too the three classes of people that they are. Yeah, like. Cheyenne is the is the crew, yeah. So they're road dogs. Mm-hmm. You have um, Frank, which is the business person, but he wears black, yeah. so he's the he's the he's the, clearly, he's the fucking man in the, black, the man. bad guy. But he's also yeah. a business guy working for the railroad, so he's mm-hmm. in the in the in the suit. 
And then yeah. you have harmonica, which is the, the Ojimbo. Yeah. Which is like, I'm just traveling around. I have my one little thing. I've got my one singular goal, and I'm just trying to travel around and make this yeah. goal a reality. Yeah. Which also, let's be for real, uh, I did the math, and Henry Fonda was 63 in this movie, and Charles Bronson was 47, I think. Jesus um, Christ, it looks the exact opposite. Henry Fonda looks young. He does. Movie. He looks young as shit. He looks super yeah. young. But I was going to say, like, it took you this long to find this guy? He's on a he's on a railroad. Yeah, that's crazy. It took you this long, or were you like training? Was it a training arc? I mean, I guess it was like I guess different back then, just because you know you don't really have like defined, and also like I guess Frank was really like a more of a road warrior bad guy before he met, hooked up with Morton, because sure. that's the whole impetus for the revenge thing is yeah. he's just a fucking bad guy. Uh, which he looks like a traditional bad guy, his... which is a great which is a great juxtaposition. The what? He looks like a bad guy in the flashback. Oh yeah, in the flashback, really well. he looks like an actual villain. Well, he's got like the dirtier scruff, and yeah. he's got, like he's like he looks like Cheyenne. Like yeah. he's got like the dirtier. He's got like his fur poncho thing. Like yeah, he looks like an actual like outlaw. Which also like the harmonica's family, like him, past harmonica and harmonica's brother, they mm-hmm. look like fucking Bronson. Yeah, I wonder about like Bronson's like sons or something. I don't know. Yeah, that was interesting. I thought. Well, I also thought it was weird that they looked like him, but they also looked more Mexican yeah. than Bronson looks. Yeah. yeah like yeah. they have like the darker hair, and uh, I don't know. It was something about the kids' features just no, made it definitely, seem definitely. more Mexican. Yeah. Definitely. Oh, let's see if I can find a picture. If there's a fucking like um cast member, I wonder. Yeah, but um. I don't see anything. But yeah, I really just like. And that was, I think that's the other thing too, which is that, yeah, Frank talks like a hero sort of, and he kind of looks like it too, because even though he's a man in black, his ensemble looks more like something you'd see out of like the sheriff's getup than like an outlaw, which I think is really, really interesting. Like that kind of suit and that look in general looks like you should just have a fucking sheriff's badge pinned on you. Yeah. He looks like Doc Holliday from uh, fucking um, mm-hmm. Tombstone. Mm-hmm. Like, it's like this, it's a very similar attire that they have. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I completely agree with that. Um, but then, Obviously, Doc Holliday's not the sheriff, but. No, I, I get what you're saying. Yeah. He, but they, um, he's a hired hand, best friend yeah. of Wyatt Earp. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, they're, they, the acting, though, between those three guys, um, but specifically Bronson and and Fonda, it's it's oh, yeah. it's really good, really it's good. Really and and the girl, the actress who plays Jill too. The, the yeah, the, the actress isn't bad either. I saw I was looking up some stuff, and I guess it was like some people were saying that compared to other stuff that she'd been in, that it was like a more muted role for. Her. I was like, I don't know. I think she did a fucking killer ass job. She played like, the character in the genre film. That's fine. I mean, it's like, and you want to talk about fucking strong female characters, dude? She's fucking prostitute. And she's like, fuck you. What was it? I think my favorite line from her was like, I just fucking give me a hot bath and it's just like nothing other, nothing even fucking happened. And I was like, well, you know, that's yeah. how it was back in the day. You just there, watch it. You know? There's a lot of good movie, good lines in this movie. Like the scene where um, Frank's talking to Morin mm-hmm. earlier in the movie and Morin's like, you're just supposed to scare him. And Frank's like, mm-hmm. people scare better when they're dying. Oh, yeah. You scare better when they're dead. Other when they're dying. Oh, yeah, yeah. And it's like, he says it so calm. And you can tell like, if I didn't know that this guy was like a like a big time like Hollywood mm-hmm. like classic like classic Hollywood actor, yeah. the way he delivers that line is like, okay, you you you're a you're a golden age of Hollywood man. I can tell this is this is this is really good. Yeah, 
just the way he says it. Um, he's he's so good in this movie too. Just the way he looks, everything about him. But um, I'm trying to think so, what else. Uh, the music's good. Uh, oh, I want to say about the actual sh- gun sequences. Mm, okay. The gun the gun sh- gun shooting. Mm-hmm. Because I I can't. The last western I watched from a couple I think a couple months ago. Um, I went on a big binge of John Wayne, mm-hmm. which are very different. Yeah. Um, but before that, the last Western I actually watched was what we did for the pod, which was... Um, oh, The Wild Bunch. Wild Bunch. Which, which is a much different movie. Which is a much this. different movie. Which is a much different movie. So yeah. I, I'm i like comparing it to the other Spaghetti Western because we just you know, we watched one fairly recently. Yeah. And I think I prefer Wild Bunch. The Wild Bunch? In the, the, in the, in the action, really more of like an action movie yeah. than this is. I, this I, is I much mean, more of like a character drama. I, I like the way he shoots action more. Yeah. Um, well, that end fight scene in the Wild Bunch is like oh, fucking man. fantastic. Yeah. It's so good because Once Upon a Time in the West ends really to me really muted. Yeah, I mean it is pretty muted. I mean the you have the showdown with Frank and Harmonica, you, and then you it, can like, call it a showdown. <laughs> Yeah, I mean it's I mean it's like all of the others in this movie really, which is that it's all very it wouldn't say it's efficient gun it's efficient gunplay. Yeah. And that there's not it's not like a big drawing out like it's not like the wild bunch where there's like fucking like hundreds of people and it's like this long yeah. drawn out thing. You've got like you know, you've only got like a handful of guys and you're dealing with in the case of like Frank and Harmonica Two people that fucking know how to shoot. So if they're shooting somebody, they're gonna shoot to kill, and they're probably gonna kill him. So you uh, you play the harmonica, or you know how to shoot. Fucking, I guess he can do both. I I love though. So I I love this the final shoots uh, standoff with Frank and harmonica. I think it's a fantastic yeah. scene. I think it's extremely well done. I think it's beautiful. Cheyenne has a great line before it too, where it was like, "What was it?" Jill was like, "What's what, what's he doing out there?" He's like. He's fucking whittling. As soon as he's done, <laughs> some shit's gonna go down. Yeah. Uh, no, I, I love the sequence. I think it's a beautiful reveal of of Harmonica's reason for for hunting. Oh Frank. yeah, that whole way they integrate the flashback, and I love it too. With you've just got because the first time you see it is in the train where he confronts Frank for the first time, and you have this super long drawn out shot of just somebody walking towards the camera. And for me, I thought, oh, it's like. I don't know. He's looking at like a picture of himself or something like that, of like yeah. something happened in the past. And then you get to the end and it's like, oh, that's him yeah. walking up as he fucking murders his brother and almost kills him. So, yeah. And I, I, I love the way they shoot it, which is like the, we, we, well, they, they get to the standoff, they stand, they get in position and then it hard cuts to the flashback of, of Frank and then the, 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 the hanging of the brother on top of the shoulders and the harmonica mm-hmm. and then he falls down brother dies and then hard cuts right back to the quick draw mm-hmm. in the shot now I, I i think the scene's really really cool and i think it's really really well made and really effective but i i, mm-hmm. I do kind of wish for the sequence overall to have a, I, I was complaining before about long scenes not having too much tension quote unquote too much tension there's mm. like no tension in this for me because i know that harmonica is going to win yeah so like it could have done a 10 paces step plus a maybe a cheat turn on frank's part mm-hmm. and then harmonica just outshoots him or something like that because at this point 
in the movie, I know Harmonica's not going to lose because at this point, Harmonica's Yojimbo. Yo, yo, yeah. Harmonica is, is is he's the man with no name. He's yeah. he is invincible. He bullets don't even touch him. He got touched once in the beginning. He hasn't been touched once since. But so. even then, like I, I kept thinking in that beginning part, like did he actually get shot or did he think that did he put some sort of like? Well, I think they showed at one point. That there is like blood, like he touches his. He like pulls his arm out. Because then he puts his arm in the sling at the beginning. Yeah. yeah. But like the way the scene, the camera is so pulled out. Yeah, it's hard to tell what I, actually is there. I almost thought for a second, like, did he put like a plate there? And because that's where most people are going to quick draw from the hip. Yeah. It's going to be the other shoulder. He put a plate there to hit the bullet or something. The fucking uh, was it? Yeah. Do the the fucking fistful of dollars, or he just yeah. fucking has like a metal steel thing underneath his. Underneath the shit, right. yeah. But like in the, in the final sequence here, again, it's super effective for the movie and it's super good storytelling. Mm-hmm. But it almost lacks any sort of emote. It's brutal in terms of the flashback, but the actual mm-hmm. death scene of Harmonica, like I almost I wanted that reveal to Frank to be more intense. He plays yeah, it kind of Yeah, it kind of just like happens. And I get the storytelling aspect of it, but yeah, it kind of – he just puts the harmonica in. He realizes. He has a realization of Frank of what happened, yeah. and then he just dies. Nice. So really fast. Else to it, yeah. It should have been like – this goes back to – I think we were talking about one movie. I can't remember what it was. I went, mm. I went on this gripe for a long time. Oh, James Bond. I think it was James Bond. But like mm. he, he, I feel like to be more brutal, like harmonica or like – put the harmonica in his mouth and then shot him again. Yeah. Like I point was blank. to shoot him again. Yeah. Like in the face or in the heart or again in the heart again, but like fast, like more brutal. Cause like the way that they killed his brother was so brutal. Yeah. That to me, it would have been like all sick or all the rest of the five bullets in the, in the cylinder in the, in the yeah, cartridge I was expecting or whatever. More of an outpour. I think I get where you're coming from, which is I was expecting more of an outpouring of emotion. Rage him yeah, yeah like rage or something to gum yeah. and yeah he's kind of like a little more stone-faced than i think i would like for yeah. him to be well because for you assume for the last fucking 25 years he's hunted this guy something down like why wouldn't there be a, a bigger outpouring of anger to yeah, finally I mean, get this your is goal the thing that he's been trying to accomplish for yeah like years and years and years yeah i don't know why it, yeah it seems like it's kind of like all right Especially, I think, especially, I think it hurts the ending scene, the scene after that where he goes back into the cabin. He's just like, "All right, yeah, it's done." And I'm like, "There's nothing really else to it for him." I feel like, yeah, there definitely should be more yeah. with that because, yeah, that should be like a big catharsis moment for you. I mean, this has been like your basically life's goal at this point to avenge your brother, and yeah. it feels like it barely even affected you that like you did it. Yeah, now if they if he added in the script or dialogue to be like. Oh, you know, I had a life before this, but this was mm-hmm. this was something that I had to do before I like I had to, had a I had a checklist of other personal goals: join the yeah. military, become a cop, be a gunfighter, rob banks. I had a whole other life, but there was mm-hmm. one thing that was nagging me, which was knowing that I had this to com- accomplish. And then yeah. maybe I could see like the emotionalist response because like you had. This is not necessarily a goal of yours. It was something you just felt you had to do obligation wise. You had other things that mm-hmm. came first. But like the way they played as though this was your sole singular focus for years was to get to the point where this could happen mm-hmm. and you you don't play it well. I'll get on the flip side, like the man from nowhere in the yeah. end scene where he kills the guy in the car 
mm-hmm. he is stone faced because it's work. Yeah. And that plays really well because the guy, other guy is freaking out. So you can play it to where the, the bad guy is the classic scene where the bad guy is whimpering mm-hmm. and then the good guy is cold. And that plays yeah. it really well. But in this movie, they're both cold mm-hmm. and then Frank dies. And yeah. it's not to me, if you either either have Frank realize what happened, who it is, mm. is calm in the face of death, knowing that there's nothing he can do, and then you have Harmonica just go blitz. Yeah. Or it's the back to the map nowhere where you have Frank pleading and begging and then and then mm-hmm. cold faced assassin. Yeah, I mean I think the thing that about that I don't think the second one would have worked as much. I couldn't see a character like Frank like begging and pleading for his life it just really i feel like the way that he went out was correct i think the way it would have worked better is definitely seeing more of it from harmonica's point because i think especially because the whole movie he's kind of been stone face mm-hmm. and like you can kind of play that off as like he's just holding it all in till he can finally get to this one moment yeah. where he can just let it all out at once and so the fact that there's not that, it kind of feels... Or even the smile. Not as impactful. Like, yeah. even, like, even blow him away, right? Right mm-hmm. there. Not just one shot. You you put two in there. Put one in his face. Yeah. And then you can cut hard cut to a close-up. Sergio loves the close-ups. Yeah. Close-up of just him, like, grinning or smiling. Even yeah. that would be a better thing than just him, okay, that yeah. was business, and walk away. Because it's not business. No, it's definitely not. This is personal. Frank is business. You know... So, yeah. like, we see Frank smiling when he, when he kills the brother, so he's smiling. But why wouldn't you be – it just doesn't play well. Uh, yeah. It's a cool scene, but doesn't to me, it, it's lacking some emotional depth there. I agree. I think that that's probably one of the weaker aspects that could be done better. I would yeah. agree with that. Um, and then Cheyenne dies out of nowhere, um, and that's the movie. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and then – she has her station or whatever. Yeah, yeah. She has the yeah. water. And she gets her, you know, happily whatever after. She probably marries a whale worker or some shit. I don't know. Who knows? Um, and then the movie ends, and there's no debate for this. So no matter what you say, I don't give a fuck. The movie <laughs> ends with the absolute worst tile card of, of all time. I don't even remember it. I think I wasn't even paying attention it at that point. It says, Once Upon a Time in the West, and it comes in on flat text at an angle, and then oh. it just slowly spins around... Like they just discovered fucking screensavers. Like it's yeah. terrible. It's so bad. I think I was just not even. I think at that point I was like, oh, she's giving a lot. I was like, oh, checked yeah, out. It's, I'm it, done. It's, it's bad, dude. Uh, Zach, is there anything else you want to mention about Once Upon a Time in the West before we end the pod? No, man. I mean, I mean, overall, I had a good time with it. I mean, I probably give it. I think probably like a four out of five. I think the ending part, I think, doesn't give it a five out of five for me. But I think overall, I had a really, really good time with it. You know, there's some pacing issues and some character choices with the ending fight scene. But overall, fantastic fucking movie. Yeah, I, I agree. It's a four out of five for me, too. Um, the, I still do think that there's a lot of extra long, drawn-out stuff that he likes to do for yeah. his own stylistic purposes. They fit. They're fine in the movie. They don't take away from it, but I do think mm-hmm. that they could be cut down. And if yep. I was going to do a fan edit of this movie, I would remove a lot of that stuff. Um, yeah. Not that I would ever do that, but I, I do think that takes away from the experience, especially if you – like if I, if I pulled up this movie with my wife, I was like, let's watch a cowboy movie, and I pulled mm-hmm. this up, it, 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 would, it would be a no-go for how yeah. long it is, purely because I know that this movie is padded a lot. 
stylistically or not. But other than that, it's a fantastic movie. The acting is so good. The sound effects mm-hmm. are good. The ending, like you said, like we just talked about, the ending does take away from, I think, the the climax of what we expect for uh, Charles Bronson's character. But yeah. that's fine because you can go get that from other Charles Bronson movies. That's true. You can, can just go, watch Death Wish. I can go watch Death, Death Wish 3 and get every every <laughs> little thing that I want from Charles Bronson. Oh, my God. But Death Wish 3. Oof. Guys, thanks for listening. We'll see you back next week on the podcast with more uh, bullshit. <laughs> see you guys.